we lift up the name of Jesus, the name above every name, the holy and the anointed one. We invoke that name here tonight over every heart, every life, this region. And Father, we thank you that you're going to speak to us tonight. You're going to lead us. You're going to guide us. Your words will be said. Your deeds will be done. Your glory will be made manifest. And Father, we never tire praying this prayer. Lord, help us get this job done. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. And Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good evening, everyone. Well, tonight is the last night of Holy Ghost meetings, 2000. And 23. We trust that for those of you who have been with us, at least one service, we trust that you've been blessed. I look forward to these meetings uh, every year uh, because it forces me to hone in to, to the Spirit of God. And, uh, you know, some people think that's bondage that they have to wait and seek God. That, that's a delight to me. It gives me an opportunity to, to hone in and to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And so, I, I first of all want to thank everyone that has come uh, here, uh, the supported, that gave, that prayed. Um, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for the pastors. I know that. Uh, you know, you have church all the time, and these meetings are just another church service, but we trust that uh, God has deposited something in you and changed your life, and at least uh, gotten some direction for your life and for your ministry. Uh, a big thank you for all of our ministry of helps. I know we get to enjoy the meetings uh, here, but many of them have to come early. There's cleaners, and there's uh, meal prep and ushers and the list goes on and on that they come early then we enjoy the meetings uh, most of us leave us preachers we eat and they got to stay behind and clean up and everything so thank you so much the, the word of God says God is not unfaithful or unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love Jesus said this if, if you just give a cup of cold water to disciple. If you just do something minute, doesn't cost anything to give a cup of cold water, but that's how important it is to the Lord. He does not let anything go overlooked. Everything is rewarded. Every gift, every prayer, every gesture, every service, even if it seems like maybe I'm overlooked, you know, no one's recognized me, no, the Lord is in you. And that's the most important thing. And He sees the sacrifices you've made. Uh, sometimes you're very tired come to these meetings and uh, you're fighting the flesh. The Lord sees that and He rewards that. So, so know this. Uh, uh, look out for this year to be a great blessing to you. And again, I want to uh, thank all of my partners, FCI, Family Church International Partners. I, I, I thank God for you, and I mean that. You're in my heart, you're in my prayers, and uh, I'm just humbled by, by your generosity, your love, and your faithfulness. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we pray for you, and I, I believe that the full... The full measure of my office, if need be, is available to you. You know, whoever gives, uh, who receives a prophet, name of a prophet, receives a prophet's reward. And, uh, you know, the, the, there's a, a, a receiving when, when you give into such a ministry. And so... Um, thank you for all those that are partners. If you'd like to be a partner, no pressure at all. Uh, you know, I think our announcer made mention of that. And also, if you have a testimony during these meetings. 
you know, please let us know. We, we've gotten some in and uh, you got a testimony. Uh, you know, it'd be an encouragement to others uh, that, you know, what the Lord has done for you, he healed your body or get, got your clarity, got your answers. Uh, you know, that's what these meetings are for. We're just not here to have a good time. We, we, we believe that uh, God is going to do things in our lives. Um, and one last thing before, go ahead and turn with me to book of Revelation chapter 2. And this will be the start of my timer up there, please. Is I'm going to ask for your help tonight to, to minister you know, sometimes when a minister says that, they're saying it because, you know, they've been, you know, cutting the grass all day and you're doing lots of natural things and need the help of the congregation. Well, that's not the case. You can ask my wife. In these meetings, I'm shut up in, in, in my office all day, all day, just shut up see, uh, seeking God. The reason I need help is not that trying to get something to say, is I have so much to say, I don't know what to say tonight, you know. <laughs> It, you know, like Jeremiah, he said, if I keep silent, I, my, I burst, you know, there's, because I've been meditating on this and, and praying along these lines. And there's so much uh, in this theme that we're talking about, but uh, I want to make sure I, I get out tonight the, the things that the Spirit of God has for us in the allotted time. I mean, if we had three, four weeks, and then I wouldn't need to believe God. I wouldn't need your help. But we only have tonight. And so let, let's just believe God together exactly what He once said. And uh, to, to draw it off out of my studies and, and my experiences of what will help us hit the mark tonight. So just uh, uh, real quick, how many, this is your first service of the Holy Ghost meetings? Okay, yeah, we still have several hands. Okay, praise the Lord. How many have been to all three of them? Wow, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, thank you. But uh, we trust uh, whether you've been to all three or this is your first one, or you've been to two of them, that, that you'll be blessed uh, mightily. Um, in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, we'll just do a quick Quick review, I believe, and we'll carry on here. Revelation 2 7. This is a, a text I use for uh, all of our Holy Ghost meetings, at least for the past couple of years. And it reads this He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. To him that overcometh, I will give the eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. We made mention that uh, the first two. First, well, there's three chapters, first three chapters of the book of Revelation um, are really epistles to the church. When you get to Revelation chapter 4, it talks about the end times, tribulation, and then goes on to the end of the world. But uh, uh, chapter 2 and chapter 3, we see that John, the apostle John, has a revelation, a visitation, a vision, and, and Jesus uh, gives him a vision and a message to seven little, literal churches in Asia Minor. And you can read on those things. And uh, I believe they are a, uh, a precursor of what we can expect when we stand before the Lord or what, what He's looking for in the church. And uh, it'd it do us well to look at it and, and, and teach along those lines, those of you that are ministers. But something He said to every church is this, He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So that tells us that God is speaking. 
God has a message for the universal church. Anyone that's born again is, is part of the church. But also God has a message for each individual church. And if you look at those letters, uh, what he told the church of Philadelphia was different from the church of Laodicea, different from the church of Ephesus. And so, you know, Jesus is very concerned the local churches and Jesus has a specific message for each church. And of course, he has a specific message for each one of us. But uh, we notice what Jesus said here. He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. That means God is speaking. The Spirit is speaking. It isn't our job to try to get God to speak to us. You know, that's kind of where we, we get in error. God, we, we act like, you know, God's oblivious to our life and what we're in the midst of. And we try to wave them down. Hey, God, like, like if we're broke down on the highway and we wave someone down trying to wave God, hopefully he'll stop by and help us. No, he is very aware of what's going on in our lives and in our ministries. And he has something to say at all times. And he, he is speaking, just like we made mention. Uh, there are radio waves going through this room right now, but you can't hear them, but they are speaking. There's music, there may be messages, so forth. But what do you have to do? You have to tune in to them. And this is what Jesus is saying to the churches. He that has an ear to hear, let them hear what I'm saying to you. Tune in, tune in. And so it isn't a matter of trying to get God to speak. It's a matter of us just taking time to tune in to what the Spirit of God is saying. And that's what we're, we're doing this week. And I made mention, I referred to Brother Hagen, and especially the book Plans, Purposes, and Pursuit. Uh, we encourage you to read it. I encourage my ministers at least once a year to read it. And if you've never read it, get the book. Um, Brother Hagen's ministry is a unique ministry. And if you don't know anything about it, he, he really was a sent one, really an apostle, to our generation to help us get ready for the coming of the Lord. Actually, at his birth, Satan tried to kill him before he was born. He tried to kill him after he was born. But um, Jesus appeared to his mother before he was born. He says, fear not, the child shall be born, and thou shalt call his name John. As John the Baptist was a forerunner of my first coming, uh, your son, his ministry, the message that he brings, will be a forerunner of my second coming. And so, Brother Hagen, Kenneth Hagen, uh, is not John the Baptist, but the message and the revelations. That's why Jesus would visit him and, and talk to him, and books came out. It was to help our generation to get ready for the coming of the Lord. Now, you may ask, well, if Jesus told his mama to call him John, why is his name Kenneth Hagin? Well, when Jesus appeared to his mother, his mother got so scared. As Jesus was talking, she ran away. You know, and, and it wasn't until years later, until Brother Hagin was in the 30s, when, when Jesus told Brother Hagin that I appeared to your mom, I told her to, to call uh, you John, then when, when Brother Hagen was referring to that, because his mom never shared it to, to Brother Hagen, and the first thing she said, what did he say to name you? What did he say to name you? Because got, she got so scared and ran away from Jesus. And so there's hope for us all there. <laughs> but I mean, you know, and Jesus said that the name doesn't matter, but the message. Now the reason I, I bring that out, that's why I quote him. That's why I read his books. And my ministry is primarily to carry out his ministry. He's no longer on earth. But the, in the book, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits, um, 
you know, Jesus appeared to him before one of his camp meetings, and the whole revelation is what getting the church ready for this end time move of God, the end time harvest. And Jesus was saying, I'm trying to do some things through my church. But they, they, they got to listen to me. They, they got to obey me. They got to follow me. I've been trying to do things, but I can't do anything because they're not cooperating with me. And again, not, not so much in those words, but that's the general gist of it. And over and over and over and over, uh, Jesus said to Brother Hagin to tell the body of Christ that my people don't take time to hear from me and about making their own plans and doing their own things and then asking God to bless what they have created, bless what they, they have started. Where uh, Jesus try, was telling us that, hey, I have a plan for your life. I have a plan for your ministry. If you get my plan for your life and my plan for your ministry, you don't need to pray for me to bless it. It will be blessed. But if you have your own plan, you can only bless it so far. And again, what what is that? For for us to cooperate with his plan. And he kept saying over and over and over and over again about taking time to hear from heaven. So that's what we're doing uh, this week. This is last, uh, the last night, but we're, we're just taking some time to tune in to what the Spirit of God is saying. And we know this, that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You could have stayed home um, and, uh, you know, could stay, watch Netflix. Uh, you could have done your nails or, you know, changed oil in your car, but you chose. Maybe you're, you were tired and, you know, didn't get much sleep because of staying up late and, and getting to work early. You know, God's a rewarder of them that seek Him. And so we, we, we trust that He's going to reward you, uh, you know, and just give you light and direction. And so we're taking time to hear. And uh, the scripture that we've been looking at, that we've been studying, that the, it's been burned my heart for weeks and weeks, been meditating on it, and there, there's just so much, is in Proverbs 29, 18. Proverbs 29, 18. And this is the King James Bible. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And so this scripture talks about vision, the power of a vision, and the effects of a vision. And really it tells us, real plain here, what happens when there is no vision. It says people perish. And so if you just flip that over uh, and play the other side, that means when there is a vision, people prosper. People are helped. People are blessed. And so we're just going to do a little review. For those of you that are newer with us, uh, you know, get on the archives, get on YouTube, get on Facebook. But we saw what a vision was, was divinely given sight. Literally, a vision is when God opens your eyes and you see in the realm of the Spirit or God gives you a message. Or we could say it this way, a visitation of God. So without... A vision without a visitation, people perish. Um, and so, what is perish? And it's an interesting word you study now. Of course, we know naturally, we looked at the word perish and we say, well, they die or, or they, things go really, really bad for them. But really, the word perish uh, means to let loose or be out of control. 
The figure here used in their day is like to let go of the reins. If you're riding a horse, you know, the reins steer the horse, but to let go, that means the horse runs you and you don't run the horse. Well, we don't, some of you may ride horses. Um, you know, I had one experience when I was a young man trying to impress a girl. I rode a horse, felt the horse, and never rode a horse since. And so I'll stick to cars. You know, the cars have a steering wheel. And it's important to keep your hands on the wheels. You know, when you take your driver's test, they'll funk you if you take your hands off the wheels. Important, keep your hands on the wheel. But what happens when you let go of the wheel? The car drives itself with no direction and correction by the driver. You, you may go for a little bit, you know, and especially now with the, all the gadgets on the car, but eventually uh, you'll go in the ditch or hit another car. Uh, you'll miss your exit. And so this is what it's saying, where there is no God-given vision. People let loose of the steering wheel. It means their, their life. And uh, that it applies twofold. Of course, spiritually, that uh, when there is no vision, no oracle, no visitation of God, people will lower their standards. They fall away from their commitment to Lord, consecration, dedication, and, uh, and very often go down their own paths. You know, their own plans, doing their own things where God is not in the mix. Um, the last two... Uh, meetings we had, we talked about, we looked at Eli. Eli was in the ministry, and we saw that Eli was just ministering naturally. Really, Eli was a backslidden leader. He was doing the work of ministry, but he had no vision. He had no visitation. He had no fire in his bosom. He was just doing the works of the ministry. And uh, because uh, he was backslidden, it said there was uh, no word of the Lord, there was no open vision, and you can just see the, the downward progression. Everything rises and falls on leadership because Eli lacked a vision, lacked uh, a visitation of God. He, he didn't have awareness of God. We, we see what happened to Israel. Israel was backslidden. And now when it was backslidden, you look at uh, his sons, his sons were in the ministry, and the, I don't even want to say what their sons were doing in church. Just say they were living loose and doing things they shouldn't. Why is that? Because Eli didn't walk with God. Eli was in the visitation of God, and it affected his family. It affected all Israel. And uh, we, we see that um, without a vision, things go astray. And so we, we see that in church where there's not strong leadership, where, where people go to church and there's no conviction. There, 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 there's no standard. There, there's no presence of God. Really, it becomes a club. It says, you know, I go here. I really like it here. It makes me feel good. Well, church is not meant for you to feel good. Church is meant for you to feel God. Yeah. See, there needs to be conviction in the church. Now, conviction is not bad. It's not condemnation. It's not guilt. Conviction is the power of God to help you. When a sinner is convicted, that is the power of God for him to become born again. When a saint is convicted... 
of maybe wrongdoing or an adjustment. It's not God getting angry. The Bible says who God loves, He corrects. When conviction comes, it is the power of God. The grace of God is there for you to deal with it, to make an adjustment, and the grace of God is there to help you. When conviction comes, you're not to run away from it. You're to run towards it. We can almost say it this way, where there's no conviction, people perish. Where there's no conviction, people go to hell. Where there's no conviction, people live any way they want. We read that with Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. They let go of God, the the steering wheel of God, and did their own things. And so, where does conviction come? Well, it comes by walking with God, by preaching the Word of God and having a standard. It comes by ministers having the passion of God and walking closely with God. Remember, it said of um, uh, Peter and, and John, you know, when, when that lame man was healed in the book of Acts, and they, they questioned him, and they, they kept wanting to put him in jail for preaching, teaching in the name of Jesus. And they said this, they took notice of them. That they had what? Been with Jesus. And see, every time we we meet, there ought to be an awareness of Jesus. I mean, if, if Jesus, you know, Jesus were here, you'd act differently, wouldn't you? If Jesus was in your home, You'd be careful what you watch, right? When there is a awareness of God, when there's an intimacy with God, I mean, you know, it makes you kind of want to steer straight. That is a good and healthy thing. And so there ought to be conviction. Reminds me of a story, not a story, an actual account in my life, that, um, you know, I, I took, we took our kids to a private Christian school. It was just our conviction that we... we we, we would pay the cost to keep on public school for all the filth and junk that, that they're teaching there. But, you know, everybody's got to follow the Lord for themselves on that. And, uh, you know, I went to drop them off to school one day. And, uh, you know, as I was going to my car in the parking lot, I noticed the car right next to me had a, a bumper sticker that made a reference that whoever drove this car was a witch. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so... I'm looking around and says, well, we're just going to have a Elijah Kong fire down from heaven right here, right in the Baptist parking lot. So I just waited and waited. You know, I had things to do, but I, I wanted to meet a witch face to face. And so, and here comes an older woman, not elderly, but probably about 10, 15 years older than I was. Maybe it could have been more. And uh, as she was going towards the door, I says, excuse me, ma'am, is this your car? She said, yes, it's my car. Um, Excuse me, miss. That bumper sticker makes reference that you're a witch. Are you a witch? And she said, oh, no. Uh, I like the bumper sticker because it had toads on it. And I like toads. And I said, said, that's very interesting thought to myself. (laughs) But then she looked at me. She said, oh, You're the pastor of that church. See, you need to be a member of that church. A true church ought to be that church. 
if the uh, true church is, is welcome, everybody loves them, and everyone feels good, and all the politicians are there, and they can still be crooked after being your church, you're a world church. And, and she said this, yeah, my husband and I, we visited your church, we don't like it. Well, that's pretty bold. I'll give her credit for that. And she says, there's too much conviction there, and we don't like it. And I looked at her and said, well, thank you. Best compliment I had all day. Now, if she would have said, if there, there's too much guilt, condemnation, then that would be an indictment against us, that the law killeth. But uh, you, you can see conviction, that, that folks run away from conviction, and when there's no convicting power, spiritually people let go. And so that's why it's important of a vision. But in this area of vision, there, there, there's a whole lot here about important and what vision will do. You know, here it says without a vision, we're talking first of all spiritually without a vision. You know, people, if there's no conviction, people just live any way they want. People can go to hell. But uh, also, when there is a vision, and of course, conviction, people get saved. But when, it, when we come to open visions, we've been talking about in the days of Samuel, under Eli's administration, there was no open vision. When there's no open visions, where there's no visitations, that's, that's, that's a backslidden state. But when there is an open vision, that people are helped and blessed. And I, I want to look at this spiritually. I've been studying about this. And I, I really believe that God wants more and more of these things happening in the body of Christ. And uh, if God allows me, I'm, I'm going to look at, at this in, in detail. I'm going to take Brother Hagen. I have my own experiences that, along this line. But, you know, Brother Hagen, you know... When, how many remember years ago, you young people just pretend and smile and say, this guy, I don't know what he's talking about. But some of you more mature people, not older people, mature people. Remember the commercial when E.F. Hutton talks? There was a commercial, I think he was an accountant or gave financial advice. How many remember that? And so it would be like this. There would be a commercial, and they'd be sitting down in a restaurant, and everyone's just busy doing their own thing. And then... One, one man would say to another man across the table, says, you know, my, my broker is John Smith, and nothing happens. Then the other guy says, my broker is E.F. Hutton. And when he said E.F. Hutton, everyone put down their newspaper, their forks, and they began to go like this and listen. And so I, I could give you my own experiences, but, you know, I'm John Smith. But when, uh, if I give you Brother Hagen's, then, woo, yeah. And so the area of vision spiritually why we need to have strong conviction and allow the Spirit of God to move. One of Brother Hagen's first open visions, first visions, uh, happened when he was pastoring. He was just filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe not even a year. And he was up here teaching and preaching, and like he said, minding his own business. And all of a sudden he has a vision. The heavens are open. He saw, has a vision. And he sees someone in the congregation. He saw that this, this gal just got saved recently. 
and um, she was visiting a relative, uh, and uh, and she was she was a real she was in a bad crowd before she got saved, and she didn't want anything to do with it. But she got around her cousin, and those people that uh, were around in that bad crowd forced her to do something wrong that she didn't want to do. And because she is a new babe, Satan got on her and, you know, thinking God doesn't love her and under guilt and condemnation. And uh, she began to think, you know, I missed it. God don't love me anymore. I failed. Uh, you know, she's, she's going to give up on God thinking that, that this is it. And, uh, but her, her, her cousin, another cousin, made her go to church that night. And she says, I'll go to church with you tonight, but I'm never going again because God don't love me. I missed it really bad. Okay, and so that was happening in her life. And as she, as Brother Hagen is here, minding his own business, he has a vision and he sees that. And so from the pulpit, he says, "There's there's a young gal here that uh, you're just recently born again, and um, that uh, you got around." Uh, a relative and so forth, and that crowd used to run with, and they forced and wrongdoing. You didn't want to do it, but they forced you into it. And uh, and as he was speaking those things, of course, he's going to share that God loves you. You know that it's not your fault and so forth. As he was speaking that, she comes and runs to the altar, falls, you know, down an altar and begins speaking tongues. She was never filled with the Holy Ghost, but instantly filled with the Holy Ghost. Why did I share that? Without a vision, people perish. What if that same person came to most American churches today? She would have came in. No one would, would know what went on. Would have sat in the back row, the sinner's row. Hi, sinner's back there. I know you guys are working. <laughs> I know you'd be up front, but they're all taken up. She would have came, left, stayed in that Baxson state, and who knows where she would have been in eternity. A vision changed her destiny. The allowing for visions and operations of the Holy Ghost. Without a vision, people perish. How many people are hurting? How many people are desperate? How many people are going through things and just come and they're at their wit's end and there's no supernatural help? There needs to be supernatural help. And this is something I I, I breathe so strong, it's burning in my soul. I'm sure it's in my spirit, but at least in my soul about the importance of vision, the visitations of God. But we can go on non-spiritually, but, uh, but also people perish naturally. What, what do you mean? People fail to receive the best that heaven has to offer. They live in affliction and bondage. We know this, Jesus paid the price for total victory for every child of God. That Jesus provided for health, healing, clarity of mind, for finance and so forth. And um, I want to look at that through this law where there is no vision, people perish. 
or where there is a vision, people prosper and people are helped. And so a lot of these things happen or don't happen based on visitation. And this is something I've never saw before. And I, I and why am I sharing along these lines? Brother Hagen said this, gifts of the Spirit don't come by prayer. They come by teaching on them. And the more you teach on it, the more people desire it, people are aware of it, and more of it will be an operation manifestation. You know, the Bible says to covet spiritual gifts. Now, part of our coveting it is through prayer, but does not come through prayer alone. He, he, Brother Hagen again, talks about a pastor that wants spiritual gifts in his church. And, and, and he'd, he'd, they prayed, and they would do these 14-day these fasts, 21-day fasts for spiritual gifts, praying for spiritual gifts, and spiritual gifts, and guess what? Nothing happened. And, uh, you know, they do it over, and, and, and Brother Hagen, you know, he'd get mad at Brother Hagen, because Brother Hagen says they don't come by praying and fasting, they come by teaching on it, and, and, and getting people hungry for those things. And finally, when... He got to his wits end. He invited Brother Hagen to come and begin to teach on them. And people begin to desire them. And faith comes by praying. And no. I, I know you nod your head because you thought I was going to say hearing. No, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The more you hear these things. So I believe this is why the Lord has had me teach these things. Because He wants more of these things in operation. Because people perish without it. And so again, we talk about Brother Hagen, and something I, I'm seeing it's burning in my heart, and the necessity of visions and visitations, that there are some people that will never be helped unless there is a vision or a visitation. Okay, now I'm going to give you examples of two or three witnesses. Okay. First of all, let, let's go over some facts. I made mention Brother Hagen was a sent one to this generation to get people ready for the coming of the Lord. And if you follow Brother Hagen, Kennedy Hagen's ministry, we, we understand that he was raised from the deathbed to two incurable blood diseases, a deformed heart. The doctor says there's not even one chance in a million for you to live. But he got the revelation of Mark eleven twenty four. 24, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, you shall have them. And uh, he was perfectly healed from the deathbed. And at several, several times, the Lord has said this to him. I permitted you to go through certain circumstances I, I permit you to, to, to go through certain things in order for you to learn faith. And I have taught you faith through my word and through these experiences. And now, go teach my people faith. Amen. He was sent to teach people faith. And if you ever heard him teach faith, he teaches faith like no one else can. He was called a faith preacher, a faith teacher. Uh, he was the father of what we call the, the faith movement, the yeah. word of faith movement. If anybody could teach faith, it was Brother Hagen. Right. 
And so we understand that we receive all the promises of God, not by bellering at God, not by prayer, but by faith. We receive everything God has for us through faith. And what faith comes by hearing and hearing. And if you have Brother Hagen up here teaching faith, I mean, that, that is the cream of the crop. That, that is the highest level. I don't know anybody else that can teach faith like Brother Hagen can teach faith. All right? So, we know that we are to receive from God by faith. And He was sent to teach that. Okay? He was the best, the best faith teacher there was. All right? But also number two. I'm going somewhere with this. On September the 2nd, 1950 in Rockwell, Texas. Now, for those of you who follow Brother Hagen, you know what happened that day. It, it was raining that day. Not a driving rain, but a slow rain. And in the black land of Texas, they had a saying, if you stay with the black land when it's dry, it will stick with you when it's wet. And because it was so wet, they didn't have paved roads. That he was having tent meeting that was full. Hundreds and hundreds of people would come. And that night, because it was raining, only four people attended. Forty people attended, including himself. And we know that he, as he was just giving a Bible lesson, he heard a voice. Come up hither. And he, he didn't know what that was. He thought someone was, you know, disturbing service. Come up there after a few times. Come up there to come to the throne of God. And Jesus appears. He's caught up to heaven. And you know the story. That Jesus, Jesus was talking to him and says, kneel down before me. And put out his hand. And uh, Jesus took his finger and put in the palms of each one of his hands. And Brother Hagin said, when, when Jesus did my hands begin to burn like a live coal of fire. And he says, I've called you, anointed you, and given you a special anointing to heal the sick. And it's, he said this when he got back, you know, after the, he said for three days he couldn't sleep because, because his hands burned. And Jesus told him, whenever, whenever you, before you minister, you, you tell them that I appeared to you. I, you tell them, I laid the fingers of my right hand in your hand. You tell them that I've given you a healing anointing, and if they'll believe it, they'll be healed. That's powerful. I mean, and to have such a strong healing anointing to heal the sick. So, Brother Hagen has two big guns he carries. He teaches faith like nobody can teach faith. And we can receive, and that's the best and the highest level to receive from God, especially in the area of healing. But now he, ha he has a healing anointing, powerful healing anointing. And Jesus tells him, this is the lowest way for anyone to receive their healing. The lowest way. Not the lowest way to be healed. The lowest way for anyone to receive their healing. The highest is through the teaching and believing the word. So here he's the best at it. He, he, he's, he's, he's got the top thing there. And when it comes to the, the easiest 
the simplest way to receive. He's got this an amazing, tangible anointing. You figure everybody gets healed, either through teaching or the anointing. But without a vision, people perish. And this is something that's been rehearsing, been rehearsing over, and I've never, ever, ever, ever saw this before. I'm going to give you a few case examples. After, of course, Jesus appeared to him, he continued on having revival meetings, healing meetings in churches. And uh, he went to a, a certain church and was just, a, you know, he's just, they, the guest minister, they didn't have hotels, they would stay with the pastor in the parsonage. And as he was unpacking his things, the pastor says, I trust that my niece will be healed in these meetings. And he said, he, and he said oh, she will. Didn't say by, by revelation, but by faith, because he, he believed in what he taught. Well, uh, his, his niece had lung cancer. You know, she's 23 years old. She has, I think, uh, like a two or three-year-old and just had a baby a few months ago. And, uh, you know, she wasn't feeling right. And uh, they went to a doctor and they recommended a specialist. Went to a specialist and the specialist said, uh, you have cancer of the lung. And you need to get operated right away because it's in one lung. If that thing spreads, it'll go to both lungs and... Uh, you know, there'll be no hope. Well, you know, that was just one doctor's. They said they didn't really believe that. They went to another specialist. And the other specialist said the same thing. He says, you need to be operated right away. You got, it's spreading real fast in one lung. It's going to spread to the other one. And, um, and, and so she, she told Doc, let, let me have a, a moment to, to fast and pray about it and consider it. And her... Her uncle, who was the pastor, offered to pay for the surgery and so forth, but it's your decision. And she fasted and prayed and said, you know what? I know two of my relatives that had the same thing, or two people I know, both of them died. The one that didn't have the operation died. The one that did have the operation died, just lived a little longer. And, uh, you know, I'd rather die not owing you any money or owing people money. And I'll just believe God or die. Well, that's all she knew about faith. And so it spreads. Here is Brother Hagen teaching. Remember, the foremost faith teacher sent from the head of the church, go teach my people faith. Three weeks, Brother Hagen is teaching faith. The best faith teacher on the planet is teaching faith them faith, her faith, not healed. And uh, in, in certain churches, he would have healing meetings. You know, he would lay hands Tuesdays and Fridays, I believe it is. So the first week, Tuesday, laid hands on her, not healed. Friday, not healed. The second week, laid hands on her, not healed and Friday not healed. And it's the third week. The greatest faith teacher.
teach, 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 believe, believe, believe. The greatest anointing. She's still not getting it. And what happens? The third week, Brother Hagen goes to minister to her. He has what? A vision. He sees a spirit oppressing the woman's body. He commands the spirit to leave, and she's healed. And then uh, right after the meeting, she immediately went to doctors. Doctors take some x-rays. We don't need x-rays. We know what's going on. No, she said something happened. Well, what happened? She said, no, take the x-rays, and then I'll tell you. They Take the x-rays. Her lungs are perfectly clear. And the doctor said, what happened? Did you, did you go to another doctor? Treatment? She told her exactly what happened. She went to Brother Hagin and, and said, he saw a demon on me, cast it out, and I'm healed. Well, you know, they said, we don't understand it, but our hat's off to him. He's got the answer we don't. A lot of doctors are, are more encouraged by people being healed than some religious folks are. Now, why am I sharing this? Without a vision, people perish. I wish teaching alone would be enough for people, but it's not. You pastors know that. You, you, you can tell people until they're blue in the face over and over and over for years and years, and you just don't seem to get it. Does God give up on them? Never. You do, but God doesn't. And for those of you that, you know, maybe you have a healing or at least lay hands and anoint, and you, you tried and, and ministered and ministered, they don't get it. Does God give up on them? No. But without a vision. That's why we need these operations and manifestations. And again, there, there's so much to vision. You know, there, there, there's the healing aspect, there's the spiritual aspect, and there's the visitation aspect. You know, I, I talk about Smith Wigglesworth, a man that raised 23 people from the dead. He had revivals wherever he went. People healed amazing demonstrations and manifestations of God. He was a visitation. And we, I tell you the story about the young Lester Summerall, 20 years old, wanting to meet this man of God in the 80s. He's on his way out. Lester Summerall's on his way in. He goes to visit Smith Wigglesworth in, in England. Has a newspaper under his hand, dressed very well, with a bowler hat and umbrella in his other arm. And he knocks on the door and Smith Wigglesworth opens the door. He looks up and down at young Lester Summerall and he says, What's that? Excuse me, sir? What's that? What's that under your arm? Newspaper, sir. Throw it away. Lies, lies. I don't allow lies in my home. And so he had to stuff it in the bushes before he allowed Lester Sarmel in. And we look at that, that extreme, but people don't do what, Lester, what Smith Wigglesworth does. What Smith Wigglesworth was, is, was a vision, a visitation. That whosoever will, if they're willing to pay the price, can walk like he did. 
But if there's no Smith Wigglesworth amongst us, we live in dim light. And remember my painting illustration last night. For those of you who weren't here, go redeem yourself. Listen to last night's message. And see, there's so much to this thing. Remember, uh, it said of Jesus that um, they that sat in darkness, what? Saw great light. They that sat in the region of shadow death, light has sprung upon them. They were living in darkness and all of a sudden light came. Who was that? Jesus and His anointing. And, and He said of John, He said, John was a what? A shining light. And you were willing to rejoice in His light for a while. He was a visitation. Here, Israel was in a backslidden state and all of a sudden John the Baptist comes up and saying, Repent! What light came, vision came. Without a vision, people perish. And so there's so much aspect to visions. You know, there's one, the open vision, but also we can be a visitation. You know, we as ministers, we, we should be a visitation to our churches, a visitation to our city. How? By getting along with God. Seeking God. Hungering for God. Walking the floors and being on your face and saying, God, God, I, I, I got I to give you to the people. Because without Him, people perish. Without vision, people perish. We need to be voices and not echoes. We, we ought to have the fire. We ought to be like Elijah, the God that answers by fire. Let him be God. Fire ought to be falling. People, you know, come to your church, get around you. The, they, they take knowledge of you that you've been with Jesus. A lot of folks, you've been in the sports, you've been on Netflix, you've been on this and that. There's nothing wrong with those things. But especially as a minister of God, People need to come to a visitation. Again, there's so much to these things. But I, I do want to share a little bit more about Brother Hagin. I want to talk about these things because God wants to do more of them. We need these manifestations and operations. Just think about it. That woman, if she would have went to most American churches, would have died. And her husband would be without a wife, 23 years old, and two little children would have grown up without their mother because there was a vision. It turned around. You know, I, I, there's Brother Hagen. I have some my own examples of these things, but Brother Hagen, again, teaching. We're first called to teach. Teach the Word. God told... Paul told Timothy to preach the Word. And we ought to be in the Word and preach the Word and develop our gift and preach and develop uh, people, develop ourselves to teach faith that people get it in the simplest of terms. And so, Brother Hagen, in another church, 
was teaching faith. Remember, he was the foremost teacher of faith. And no one could teach faith like he could. Again, for weeks. He had that healing anointing, which was the lowest level that people could receive. And again, weeks in a church, he taught them there's a certain man that is oppressed in his mind. He's ready to be committed to a mental institution. You know, he he was evaluated. They're just waiting for the opening and he's going to be committed to an institution. And, you know, he can't do anything, can't work, whatever. Here he's teaching faith to make the connection. The man, for some reason, cannot take hold of it by faith. Then, of course, the brother Hagen has that healing endowment. Laying hands on people. That man has had hands laid on again and again and again. No help. Pastors, you know what that's like. You teach, you teach, you train, you you lay hands, you, you do everything. Like the woman, the issue of blood, no better, but grew worse. Do you just give up on them? There's this next level. This next level. Remember even when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration? And he was transfigured. That, that's a, that's a, a sign of communion and experiences with God. God changes you and you go out and change the world. And he came down from the mountain, the mountaintop experiences. And he went to disciples who didn't walk in the mountaintop experiences. And there's a crowd around them and, and said, no, I, I know I'm not, I'm not going to forget my illustration. We'll come back, but we're going to tie this soul in. I'm fixing the clothes. And he says, what do you want with these guys? And one came out, Master, I brought to you my son who, who, who is demon-possessed. And he's talking about what, what he does. And I brought him to disciples and they could not. I know that's wrung in my spirit so much. How many times I could not get someone healed. And I love the answer of Jesus. Jesus didn't say, well, that's all right. Some people just won't get it. No. He says, oh, you have little faith. How long am I going to suffer? How long am I going to be here? Bring them to me. And of course, Jesus delivers them. See, we, we as preachers, we put all the responsibility on the person. There's a responsibility there, don't get me wrong. But Lord Jesus, Jesus ain't happy until you get it for him. Yeah. Yeah. You studied Jesus. Again, this is, this is a higher level. This is the next thing. We've had teaching of faith, there's anointing, but there's a higher level here. And of course, Jesus delivers his child. And of course, disciples were kind of, Jesus? Why couldn't we do it? He said, your unbelief. He gives them a little faith lesson. But then he says something that a lot of faith preachers just want to say, well, that's just said once. And they just kind of 
under the covers. But this kind cometh not out but what? Prayer and fasting. That means communion, consecration, and dedication of God. That there's certain things you can't minister to people unless you make pay the price to get into those things. Yeah. Now back to Brother Hagen. The, the guy with you, you forgot about it, didn't you? The mental institution taught. He taught, he taught, he taught, he laid hands, laid hands, nothing better grew worse. But without a vision, people perish. He's perishing. There's no vision. What happens? He lays his hands on him again, and he goes, continues to minister to people in hands, and all of a sudden, something catches his eyes, and now he has a vision. He's seeing in the realm of the Spirit. He sees a demon. He's got his arm wrapped about his head. And he says, you're going to have to leave him. And the demon said, I, I don't want to, but if you tell me to, I've got to. He says, you go. Leave now. Of course, people don't know what he's talking about. And then when he did that, he says, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. And then he goes to the same uh, psychiatrist, psychologist, so forth. They, they evaluate him. This is, you're perfectly fine. Went on to lead a no, normal life. Without a vision, people perish. Even though he was taught the word, even though the healing anointing was there, a vision, a visitation. And God is once, especially ministers, be willing to pay the price to come up higher to get new things. Because there is a comfort level with faith. Because faith is, I teach it, you believe it, if you don't receive it, that's your problem. Yeah. And for those of us maybe have anointing, a healing anointing, and again, it's easy to lay hands on people, the anointing. But this kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting. Stepping in something. Jesus said this, for their sake I sanctify myself. And I have a whole lot more illustrations. But there are some things, some people will not be helped unless the minister pays the price. And, and consecrate and dedicate themselves and, and become a visitation and come to a place where, where God can use them in a supernatural way. Close your Bibles, Alan, with this. Without vision, people perish. When I was in Bible school, of course, I was saved when I was 18. I was raised Catholic. Then uh, I got saved after high school, filled with the Holy Ghost. And... Uh, you know, you heard my story when I, I heard a tape by Gloria, Gloria Copeland teaching the benefits of praying in other tongues. I began to pray in tongues at least an hour a day. And again, just, just as a, a Christian, just barely saved, and my, my life began to take on a supernatural element. And I, I thought, man, that, that was 
Wow, my life has completely changed. You've heard me tell the other story, illustration that before praying in tongues an hour a day, my life was like this. You go up to a broom closet uh, and you try to open the door and it's locked. You huff, puff, break that door down over much effort and exhaustion. You break it down and there's nothing in there but a messy broom closet. That was my life. But after praying in tongues, and you know, that's, that's a message I love to teach on. That uh, you pray out the will of God, you, you make power available. That my life began to be like this when Walmart came in, it was an amazing thing. When you go to Walmart, you need to break those doors down. Those doors are big, and you get near the door, and well, it swings open, no effort. You walk in, and there's more stuff than you can take home. See, God's able to do exceedingly above all you ask or think according to that power that works in us. It's in us. We just need to allow it out of us. Pray out of the well and pray out those things, okay? So I was praying an hour a day, and I thought, man, that was top shelf. I've seen benefits of doing that. And then I, I, I had two roommates. The first one, I ought to write a book, The Tale of Two Roommates. My first one was carnal. And uh, man, we butted heads. And then my second one was spiritual. And uh, it was my second roommate that I, I, I could tell he walked with God. And so we were talking, and I felt it was my duty to enlighten him of my great revelation. But I pray an hour ordained. And I, you know, I know he's going to really think I'm something. And so I, I tell him my revelation. And he laughs at me. <laughs> he says, is that all? And I, well, well, no. You, you, you can spend hours praying in, in, in the presence of God. No way. I never heard such a thing. I thought after an hour, God got tired of you and didn't want you to pray anymore. You know? <laughs> you know? And, the, and you know, I, I hung, hung, hung the moon. They said, no, no, let's pray together. And we, we prayed together. Not much happens in the first hour. But about the second hour, something began to come into the room. I began to feel differently. And you know, it was like a holy presence. I said, what is that? I've never experienced that before. That's the presence of God. It was my roommate that introduced me to the presence of God. The intimacy of God. You know, you can pray all your life and never experience God. God will bless you and help you. I, I did that my first year, but there is an awareness in the presence of God. There is a place like Jesus, the Mount of Transfiguration, that you get in the presence of God, and not only you experience God, it changes you. And our room would continually have the presence of God. And I, God, you know, it's a sin to lie, but the glory of God would show up in our room. I, I would go to work and my roommate would be praying, seeking God, and I'd come home and he's slain the Spirit and there's the glory cloud in our room. And i tiptoe in, in, into to the bedroom and change and then I'd go join him. And our, our room became known as the upper room. It was the second level Woodland Hills Apartments. And we just walked in that. Just... Loving and hungering God, not seeking experience, just loving, hungering for God. Now, what are you talking about this? Without a vision, people perish. 
in those apartment complexes was a, a man that was, uh, you know, I was probably about 20 at the time. That uh, he, he was probably five, six, seven, eight years, maybe even 10 years older than I was. He was kicked out of churches. He was a professing Christian. And, uh, you know, he had a handicap in his leg. He was unable to get a driver's license, so he depended on people for rides to go to church, at least the ones he didn't get kicked out of, and all the friends that no longer will talk to him. But I didn't know this. I'm a young Bible school student, and I just believe Jesus loves everybody, you know, and I got to walk in love towards anybody. And uh, just, he was, a, he was a complete stranger. He says, I, 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 no, I was on my way to church. Where are you going to church? He says, can, can I have a ride? Man, if I would have known now the hell that that man would have put me through for the next several months, I don't know if I would have said yes, but I, I, I took him to church. And uh, he, he, he was a character. Just, again, for some of you who have not heard the story, he would spread lies about me and, and rumors about me. But yet, now why didn't you just cut him off? I was studying the love of God. Love never fails. Love never gives up. And so this is, this is my love test. All right. Just to, to, to show what type of guy this was. Camp meeting, downtown Tulsa. I live in Broken Arrow. To go down there, it's about a 20-minute drive. I have a car, but you have to pay for parking, which was back then, I think, only $5, but I didn't have five bucks. And he comes to me, he says, you want to go to camp meeting? I said, I would love to. I have no money. He says, well, I got money. And he says, and he says I'll pay for the parking if you'll drive me. Thank you, Jesus, for an answer of prayer. So I drive him 20 minutes. And then um, we, we get down the exit, and here's a street, and here's a cross street. you got to stop, and as you take a turn, right there is the parking lot. And you pay the $5 that you park. And when I came to the stop to let traffic, he jumps out of my car and runs and leaves me. Yeah, that's the type of character he was. That's, that's why people just threw him out and didn't. But... He was my love test. And that, that's a whole other thing. God will never have you minister to someone you don't love. God so loved the world he gave. Now, one, one I'm saying on this, without a vision, people perish. He had, he had issues. He had problems. One of his problems is he was a, a, a homosexual. Well, you shouldn't say that. I'm saying it. Ministers have tried to cast it out of them. Prayer meetings try to cast it out of them. You know, I'm oblivious to this. But one night, in the upper room, I was by myself. I was just fellowshipping with God in that presence. A knock comes on the door. And I open up, and there he is. He's crying. You know? And uh, he just fallen into that sin. Because, you know, when you're Christian, you know it's wrong. If you don't know it's wrong, you're not a Christian. The Spirit of God will convict you on that. And uh, he's there crying. 
And as he's crying, he begins to cuss God out. And it's a, you know, he said, God, when you throw me to hell, I'm going to point my finger to you and say, I never wanted to be like this. And he began to cuss me out. And so, what do I do? <laughs> you know? And as he's cussing me, cussing God out, I have an Acts chapter 2 experience. The Spirit of God comes in like a mighty rushing wind. And the glories in, in, in a greater manifestation. He sees it, he hears it, because you know, I thought maybe I just heard it. And so he says, Will you pray for me? He's never asked me to pray for him. So I ask him to come, come on in. And of course, I've never prayed for anyone in my life. I've seen Brother Hagen pray for people. And uh, I says, all right, I come here. And there's something, what would Brother Hagen do? Brother Hagen lays hands on people and prays. And so I was going to lay hands and, and pray, but I, I didn't know what to say. And, I couldn't, and then I couldn't speak English. I could only speak in tongues. And so I laid hands on him. And all of a sudden, out of my belly, I'd hear lightning bolts came out. I mean, literal lightning bolts, and threw them back onto the ground. And uh, I'm having a scriptural experience. Just like all the demons that Jesus cast out. And because there's kids, I'm not going to go into some details of it. Because I saw the exorcist and I was scared all my life until I got born again and delivered a fear after watching that thing. But I had that. I had the eyes rolling back and levitating, voicing, speaking out. But I'm under anointing as a 20-year-old man. And there's some other things I won't share concerning. But I cast that thing out of them. And when I cast that thing out of him, he says, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. It left me. I'm free. I'm free. And remember Randy Greer talking about, who's that weightlifter? Dixon. Dixon? That he was such, no, uh, no, the guy that, that was delivered. I love the, Robert, I love the warden. He was so full of joy getting set free. Same type of spirit. He was singing, I love the warden, where he was very hard. Well, he was, uh, uh, I'm so light, and 80 pounds left me. And I had to more or less carry him to, to his apartment building. Without a vision, people perish. He, he was in Tulsa, where the greatest teaching of the Word of God comes forth. He was in Tulsa. Some of the greatest men, anointed men, have laid hands on pastors, tried to cast the demon out of them. Without a vision, people perish. God is wanting more of these things. God is, you know, we know this in the world that God is not willing for any should perish. And that's the world. How much more His children that are in bondage? And so, well, I mean, God wants us to, to walk in these things. There's a price for some of us preachers that we must make. One of the greatest things, well, I'm not a preacher, I can help pray. 
pray. Pray for these things. Pray. Pray for boldness and utterance. Pray and say, God, we've got to have manifestation. You know, and I can give you scripture. Let the sighing of the prisoners come before you. Over in the Psalms, and I, I cry out in nighttime, Lord, let the sign. Your, your people, they heard faith and laid hands. They still aren't free yet. Let, let the sign of the prisoners come before you. And it talks about His mighty hand of deliverance. These are some things that God wants to do in our day. Let's contend for them. Amen. Where were you helped? If you weren't helped, were you at least stirred? Stirred, yes. Yes, Father, we have to have this. We have to have these things. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Let's, let's just pray a little bit. Let's just pray. Let's, let's talk to God about these things. And, ah, thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. Ah, thank you, Master. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, Father, Lord, I, I've given them what you've given me. Father, I trust that it was a stirring, a, a light, so to speak, an invitation to walk in greater light for ministers, but also in the congregation to, to release their faith and their prayers and the necessity of these things. Lord, I've known there's been a hold on it. And Father, that hold needs to be lifted. Needs to be taken away. And so Lord, I'm going to ask the congregation here to join with me in prayer. And we ask that the Spirit of God give us utterance for this, for these things. Father, we know we're not to seek a vision, but Father, if we seek You, You honor us with Your presence and Your manifestation. Our job is to seek You. Your job is to reward us how You see fit. And so, Father, we trust You for utterance right now. In Jesus' name. Re apato toroscutori, nesto totore cuscato, dresca scato torchi kisca, notoresca netori, drofate, itata, otata, oh, 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 nesca, nesca, dresca, mesca, drasca, drasca, mesca, nesto. Drop. 
Papa. No. Oh, 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 ah, ah, oh, oh, ah, ah, Nachtokula, Nesta Totri, Nesta Tika, Dresta Taku, Dresko Torki, Drapa Tando, Drapa Deno, Apatena, Apatena, Papa Kuli, Dresko Kuli, Nesh, 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 Me Belato, Me Beleto, Drepa Leto, Drepa Leto, Drepa Bato, Drepa Bato, Drepa Panto, Drepa Peto, Openings, 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 Oh, 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 Openings, Openings, Nye, Dre, Ma, No, Dre, Nye, Shok, Gund, Dre, Si, Ha, Oh, 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 Eid, Yield, Yield, Heart, Oh, 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 Hold, hold, drefi, nishtan, draska, draska, naka, noka, drefi, nishtun, drepia, napa, drepi, drepi, shoku, lata, drafia, ito, drefi, nishtun, drefi, open, do, ha, 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 show me that. Oh, oh, oh my, nish, dre, si, si, ho, 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 ha, 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 ho, ho, ho. Oh, oh, ah, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Opening, opening, opening up, opening up, opening up. Nesto tote kito rikuska pakuncha kunchokuna payato. Prepa pando torki kitku kukuska pakuncha. Mesa pieta tato, drepa lapo totri, drepa pato toti, drepa pato totri, drepa pato totri, totri kuskendu kuti kitska peku, noti kitska paku, nonka teku tek, dre, nish, turn, 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 drepe pepe lato ti kuska dreska kukamaku, nish tanto tai ishtai ishto kulu pato tori kishin, drepe, ni, dre, ha, ha, Oh, oh, yield, dre, ni, dre, ha, ha, oh, 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 yield, 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 ni, dre, si, heart, oh, oh, hold, hold, dre, si, yield, yield, yielding, 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 ah, show me it, dre, ni, dol, dre, ho, ho, yield, 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 si, si, aha, yielding and sing, ba, 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 ta, to, to, re, Drepa pata tori kudreska, nete peto tori kudru, drepa pando tori kusken sunde, apato trepeska peto treska podri, meta, drepa, drepa, lafa, drefi, drafa, drepa, drafa, drefa, drafa, drefa, drafa, drefa, drafa, drefa, drafa, drefa, drafa, lapa, yield, 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 neko dapa kunche, 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 kundareko, drepa pando tote kitori kuskapa kunche, kunche kana, drepa pato torki hiske skepi kisko kukulapa, nepe pendo totor kito tote kisopete peto totoreka, yeah, yeah, it will come to pass. 
that will come to pass. Yeah, yeah, it will come to pass. Ah, yes, seeing and knowing, seeing and knowing, greater, greater manifestations. Ah, ah, ha, greater operations. Ah, throw, na, throw, nay, load, throw, ho, ho, yield, yield, seeing, yield to seeing. Yeah, ne kundu kulupa, tre papatatato, tre papatatato, tre papatato, ne pepe pepeto, tre papamototri, me pepe pepeto, pays prayers. Your prayers, prayers assisting this. Praying and prayers assist in this, ah, this operation, ah, oh, oh, yes, 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 yeah. Opo do pocule, ne pepeta teco, drepapando tori, ne pepepeto, dracun, dre, ha, 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 change, 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 oh, oh. Oh, oh, yes, 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 more, more will come, more will come, more will come. Ni, tre, ha, 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 oh, oh, id, yield, tre, ni, ha, ha, old, tre, see, sing, 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 sing. Yeah, yeah, operation, an operation of sing. Ah, no, do, do, let the kita. Ah, yeah, yeah, metukulupeke, drepepandotori, ne, dra, no, dra, ha, 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 changing. Changing things are changing. Ah, changing, changing. Ooh, la pita takita, ne pepito totri, meta tato toti, dre pepito toti, dre pepito toti, ne na ho 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 Da tre pe i ha yeah and it will come to pass that will come to pass e ah la na do do ku lu ba ha 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 yeah yeah changing 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 ho ho yes yes changing nite tu kula tre pe pindo me pe peto tre pa pando tre pa pando me pe pe tu turn 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 yeah. Yes, yes, I see that. I see that. I see that. Yeah, yeah, turning it around, turning that around. Yes, yeah. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. Yes, thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. While we were praying, um, I received some instructions that. Uh, for our pastors and ministers. Now, when I mean ministers, that uh, in your capacity, you do some speaking. You know, uh, either as a pastor or, you know, associate, you, you do speak um, to, to, to minister to you. You know, now, why, why do I do this? Well, I follow the direction of the Holy Ghost. But, but Jesus said this, if folks ask why you do that, I... I have a ministry of laying on of hands. It's part of my office, my equipment, that things are imparted. Paul says, I long to see you that I may impart. And it's more than just healing. It's part concerning the race, equipment, gifts, whatever's needed. And, uh, you know, we all have different gifts. 
a carpenter has different tools. When he wants to pound a nail, he doesn't get a saw out. The hammer is just used primarily for one or two things. And see, that's why I, you'll hear me call out people lay hands on them because that's my, that's my tool. If I had a different tool, you notice this, I don't prophesy a lot over people. Other ministers, they, 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 that's their thing. That's their tool. I, I don't really have that tool. My, my tool, you know, I have some other things, but primarily lean on hands. And so that's the avenue the Lord will use to minister. And so if you're a, a minister and you, you have a speaking capacity, because he wants in part for your speaking, he wants you in part to be, be a vision, a visitation, then there's something else right after this. And, and so if that's you, come on up. And uh, if your husband's or your wife is up there, you, you can join. Husband, wife, please be together. You're in it together. Jesus, in obedience to what you showed me, praying. And what we taught, you would confirm the word with signs. We talked about visitation, the need of visitations. People to see great light. As these stand before me, they stand before you. As I prayed earlier... These hands are your hands. This voice is your voice. And that which is needed for their race, for their office, for their course, for this last day ministry, to be imparted to them. Oh. Yes. Yes. More will come. More will come. Yes. Yes. Ah. 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 Jesus. How many sense the glory of God in here? Filling, filling the house. Ah. You need to pray more in tongues. Pray more in tongues. Get that spirit. Ah, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm. Ah. Mm. He senses his glories here, his presence. Jesus taking care of kingdom business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Omnisense him. I'll let you know a little secret. You ever see me do this? I'm always holding Jesus' hand. It means I'm scared unless I hold his hand. You know, getting in the spirit. Need his help, his comfort, his grace. But as I was praying there, and we were praying, and he said this again, we do this because I'm a hammer. Jesus uses a hammer on him. If you're here and you want to give yourself to prayer, of course, if you're in the prayer groups, come on up, any of the prayer groups. But if you want to be given to prayer, there is a spirit of prayer. And uh, by praying lots, you can get into it, but sometimes uh, it can be caught and it can, it can at least stir up some things to pray. Or maybe you, you, you do pray and it's just very... You know, dry as a shuck, and, and you just you just you just want to pray and get involved in that and come on up. And then one last thing after that, because when I was laying hands, the Lord showed me something else we gotta do. And just he doesn't give it all at once. You do one thing, and then you, he shows you another thing. Again, what is he doing? Kingdom business. Every service is different, kingdom business. And I'm going to ask my wife, since she is very enlarged in prayer, to join me. Uh, and of course, when, have your hands out. Don't be praying. Just receive in your spirit. Ah. Ah. Pray, receive. Ah. You're, you're, you're praying. <laughs> mm. We'll try it again. You're giving out. You can't give out and give in. That's, I want you to get it. Just, just quiet your mind. Receive in your heart. <sighs> there you go. Yes. Now how did it, it jumps out of me. You know, it's, it's like pulling your, you, you know if it goes into someone or not. Yes. Ah. your holy presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ah. 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 
Thank you, Jesus. And if you're in sitting near seats, just worship Jesus. Worship God. Just worship Him. Honor Him. Oh, Jesus. Ah. You guys coming up to pray or just want to be blessed? You guys coming up to pray? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's as long as you, you know what the assignment's for. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus. Everyone be worshiping in the congregation. Yes. Because, you know, if you, you spectate, then the, the glory diminishes. You know, oh, and we want to minister in the glory.
don't pray when we lay hands on you. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, guys. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Mm-hmm. Be blessed. Amen. Ah, ha, ha. Oh, ho, oh, ho, oh, oh. Ah, ha, ha. one last thing I saw and starting to come on me right now but you know it's as you walk it out you, you, you get glimpses and I get pictures and and uh, I know it's just about closing time we ministered but I saw this I've never had this done I'm going to ask my my pastors to come forward you're, you're the senior pastor of the family churches led by my wife stand up <laughs> we need to have name tags. Maybe I'm not clear. I'm just, I'm ready to go out. If you're a famous church pastor, uh, come on up. And you're going to be led by my wife. And guess what you're going to do? You're going to lay hands on me. Don't pray. But God, oh, just don't take your time here. <gasps> Oh, 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 oh,
Hallelujah. Just a couple of comments. If you hear my wife and I minister, sometimes we moan, we, we, we travail. That's, that's a, a type of prayer. Paul said in Galatians 4.16, that travail and birth again to Christ be conformed to you. There's certain things that, that can't be accomplished unless that type of prayer. And, uh, and when, when you're exercised in, in that, you, you know, things need to be changed or ministered. And so I know that's, it's kind of odd nowadays, but it's a very common thing in Pentecostal churches about 100 years ago. And secondly, in defense of my, when I asked my pastor to lay hands out, the reason they're reluctant, because they know, you know, it always goes from the top down. So I understand that. But the Holy Ghost, I saw it. I saw him have them come and minister to you. And the, the glory was right over us, but I need someone to lay hands on us. So <laughs> praise the Lord. So, but we did it. We did it. And God showed up. Mm. Ah. Anything, Master? I worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. I worship you, my Prince of Peace. That is what I want to do. I give you praise for you are my righteousness I worship
worship the Lord. We trust that you are blessed this week. And you know, without a vision, people perish. Importance of vision. Saul was on the way, on the road to Damascus, and what? Light. And guess what? When light came, they fell. And his life was changed. And uh, I, I was just reminded, you know, sitting there about that, that's the scriptural preface. But I was, I was in a meeting with Dr. Frame up in Mississauga, Canada. And um, he, I don't know if he just finished ministering and we went to a fellowship room. And they, they, they reeled in someone with, uh, I think, four stage cancer in a wheelchair and asked him to lay hands on him. And uh, there was some of us ministers here there and he laid hands on this individual and a light came from heaven and most of us just fell on the ground and it just went we were falling on the ground and that person was healed and that's very similar we're here but light came to heaven some other people fell when it when it hit here see this is the type of thing god wants more of more of when, when if you read Isaiah 64, the prophet cries out, Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, open the heavens. And verse 3, you did terrible things we know not of. Uh, other translation, you did amazing, all wonder-working things. We didn't ask for, even we're looking for, that God did amazing things when the heavens are open. So we're going to have more light from heaven, more vision. Well, we certainly love you again. Thank you so much. We love you. God bless you. You're dismissed. Let's get this job done.